This program is brought to you by The Living Church Boise. Restart Hope with Pastor Joel Sicker on FM 94.1 The Voice. Yes, he's your father. Yes, he's your friend, but he's also almighty sovereign God. Watch out. My son, he's in that stage where he likes to play with me, but he doesn't know when it's becoming disrespectful. Yes, I love playing with him, but there are times when I'm like, hey, no, you cannot do that to me. I'm your dad. God's in heaven. You're on this earth. Don't mumble. Don't be disrespectful. Don't talk empty words. And Solomon's going to really hit this home. It's going to be great. And he says, therefore, let your words be few. Solomon's going to illustrate this beautiful illustration. Really hard to understand, but I love Hebrew poetry and wisdom literature because of this. One sentence, deep, profound illustration. Verse 3. For a dream comes with much business, and a fool's voice with many words. This is really cool. Have you ever been, you know, that person, or maybe you wouldn't want to admit it, but you have that friend, right, um, who's always talking about the next big thing that he's going to do, not that he's watching or his friend. He's like got his little iPad and he's drawing out diagrams and stuff like that. And he's like, oh, I got 15 businesses and I'm going to do this. I'm going to be a millionaire in three months and look at me, this is my website. You and I know it's full of hot air, right? It's like, dude, this is like the 15th time you've come to me in like two months telling me that you're going to do something massive and big. You know the guy's just talking. He's dreaming, but dreams, that's what they are. They're not reality. It's just a dream. And with dreams comes a lot of busyness, a lot of work, a lot of talk, a lot of, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, I'm going to do that. And Solomon's saying, that's a fool's voice with many words. And Solomon's saying, dude, don't do that with God. Don't go stand before God and boast about how great your vocabulary is and how much you know scripture. God knows you, man. He knows your heart. So when you go into God's presence, like Jesus says, don't go mumbling. Don't go just repetitive words and trying to regurgitate what somebody else said or trying to just sound profound and just, you know, verbal doodling. And at the same time, don't just like back off and not talk to God at all. He says, when you go to talk to God, first listen. First listen. You know, this is a picture of it, okay? I don't know, might be, might be a little, I don't know if you can understand this, but this is what helped me really put this all together. When you spend time in God's word, the Bible tells us that God's word is like a, like a, like a knife that cuts through bone and marrow. Where nobody else can go, where only God can go. He's the only one with his nail-pierced, scarred hands can touch you in areas where you're hurting and in pain and need healing and need restoration. Nothing else can. Religion cannot. Only Jesus can. When you spend time in the word, please listen to me. When you spend time in the word, and then you begin to talk to God. It's like God putting his stethoscope on your back and saying, breathe. Deep breath. Breathe. And then you're on rhythm with heaven. You're, you're on rhythm with the breath of God himself. You're back again in rhythm with who God is, with what he has for your life. You spend time with the word. It's bringing peace. It's bringing conf- confirmation. It's bringing understanding. It's bringing conviction. And now, God's like, okay, now talk to me now. And you begin to, begin to talk and there's healing. And things come to the light. Repentance comes easy. Joy comes like a fountain like he promised. And you're like, God, I'm breathing. I'm breathing. I'm able to breathe again. I want to talk to you. If you're feeling dry in your faith right now, it's very possible that you've not heard. And it's quite possible you've jumped from church to church because you've not experienced the power of God. It maybe needs to happen in your place of solitude. God's given us a blessing in this time of isolation for you to spend time with God. I want to challenge you. Fast. Fast and pray. Fast and pray for areas where you need to see a breakthrough. 
But when you fast and pray, listen to God first. Listen to Him. Learn to listen to Him. I'm saying this not to boast. I have an alarm going off at 6 in the morning. And then I have an alarm going off at 7. But from between 6 to 7, it's my time of prayer. Please don't picture me as getting on my knees, kneeling down and with folded hands praying. No. I'm still in bed. I'm lying down. And most of the times, I fall back asleep. But, it's those times when I'm sleeping is where my sermons come. That's where my sermon, my messages come when I'm like, God, I'm setting this time apart. Six to seven, it's your time. I'm going to pray. Six to seven, it's your time. I'm going to listen. And most of the time, I'm just listening. I go back and I think about what I read last night or what I, what I corrected my kids with or what God spoke to me or what messages I preached and I ask God to use it like floss in my spiritual life. And God, speak to me. Bring it back to me again. I want to hear you. And then I want to speak. Let's not open our mouth until God's word has reverberated so much that you can't hold it anymore and you got to blow it up and be like, God, you're so good and your mercy endures forever. Does that make sense to you? I hope it does. Let's not fool ourselves that God is okay with empty words, with empty lives, but let his words fill our lives, building faith, and then let us speak that to him out of a response of what he has spoken. So, quick little recap. It's not just about making your way to a building when this isolation thing is lifted off and we open the doors can we remind each other of this it's not just about making our way back to that building but it's about having a real relationship with Jesus when we go back it's not about how long we can pray and how long our services are or how you can minister to people in the hallways and when we're having soup but it's about us listening to Jesus for his word to speak to us through his Holy Spirit. Amen? All right. <clears throat> Something, I want your participation in this. Take a wild guess. You ready? Get your phones out. We're going to start commenting on this. Okay, I want to hear your thoughts. What is one thing that religion places on people? What's a burden that religion places on people? I, like, what do you guys think? A, a huge burden that religion places on people. Works, Works money, no? Haircuts, suit and tie. I hate that. Um, an expectation. Rules. Don't run. In the sanctuary, God will smite you. No? Uh, Debbie Downers <laughs> says Levi. We need to cut this out in our podcast. Okay? People be like, what's he talking about? No. Um, I hope you guys are commenting. But something that religion places on people is the, the burden of money, for sure. More than rules and regulations and stuff like that, because you would find people in churches, I'm not talking about just cults, I'm talking about quote-unquote Christian churches. They place the yoke of giving on the people, and I know, it's like, whoa, finally a pastor's talking about giving. <laughs> don't worry, I'm not, I don't want your money. Okay? Religion will place a burden on people without first explaining to them why they're doing what they're doing, or even caring about their personal uh, spiritual well-being more than the well-being of their, this machine that they've created called church. And Solomon's going to tell us in Ecclesiastes chapter 5, open your heart, then your wallet. First open your heart, then your wallet. Listen, put your money away, put your service away, put your time away, put your talents away. God does not want a person who can sing and lead worship or preach or disciple if your heart is close to the gospel. God doesn't want that. And when we come back together, we got to be careful as a church. 
that we're not just trying to build a team, build a, 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 a religion with, with good-looking people, with good, talented people, but our hearts are far from Him. And again, man, hey, listen, if this is me having to walk this out alone with, you know, just like three people by my side, it's okay and it's worth it. Because ultimately, we're going to stand before God. And what are those words Jesus said? Well done, good and faithful who? Servant. Not well done, good and faithful leader. Well done, good and faithful pastor. Well done, good and faithful singer. No, no, no. Well done, good and faithful servant. A servant really desires what his master wants. And if our hearts are not ready to serve the master, God's like, I don't want that. People, they make promises all the time. And very often they break it. You know, a lot of times people come to church and they want to serve. And they come with good intentions. They come, they're like, man, I want to serve God. And then a few weeks later, they really aren't serving God anymore. They're serving the mission. They're serving the church. They're serving the religion. They're not serving God anymore. People make vows. When I was a teenager, I thought I was so cool. I was walking around quoting Jonathan Swift. I was like, promises are made to be broken. I thought I was so cool, you know. And whenever people be like, I promise I'll, you know, be your friend forever. I'm like, promises are made to be broken. The real promise, the real quote is, promises and pie crusts are meant to be broken. I thought I was such an intellectual guy. But God doesn't feel that way. God doesn't feel like you can make a promise and then go back on it. Look at Ecclesiastes chapter 5 verse 4. It says, when you vow a vow to God, say that fast three times, I dare you. When you vow a vow to God. Maybe you get it easy. For me as an Indian, my V's and W's, they're messed up. So two, two V's in a, in a row, it's hard. When you vow a vow to God, I got it right, high five. Do not delay paying it. For he has no pleasure in fools pay what you vow. This is, see, Solomon's never really used that word fool so many times. An idiot, a moron. He's not used that so many times, but man, I don't want God to look at me and be like, what a fool. What an idiot. What a moron. When everybody else around you is like, wow, what a guy, man. Like, whoa, long prayers. Man, look at that guy. Like, just look at how talented he is. And God's like, what a fool. I don't want that. When you vow a vow to God, do not delay paying it, for he has no pleasure in fools. Pay what you vow. And I want you to know this, okay? This is not talking about your marriage vows. This is not talking about the promise you made to your boss or to your friends or your pinky swear and whatever else you did. This is talking about a promise that you made to the sovereign, almighty, living God that you would follow Him, that you will serve Him, that you will pick up your cross daily and walk with Him. Don't, don't, don't make this shallow. Don't cheapen this. Man, I've read five commentaries this week and it ticked me off. Because they take something so beautiful, so deep and so rich and they make it about something very, very superficial. This is talking about you made a vow to God, not to man. You made a vow to God. Do it. Fulfill it. Live it. Don't let God look down and be like, what a fool. Look at what David writes in Psalm chapter 76 verse 11. He says, make your vows to the Lord your God and perform them. And do it. Go back to Ecclesiastes chapter 5. We'll go through this quickly. It says, it's better that you should not vow than you should and not pay. Hey, it's better for you not to walk down that aisle and say, Jesus, I will follow you. Don't, don't. If you're in the baptism tank, getting ready to get baptized and you're like, dude, I'm going to back off, back off. Don't put on a front before people, man. Uh, hey, pastors, I want to talk to you if you're watching. Don't become so emotionally excited and, and, and cause people to sin and make a promise that they cannot keep. It's okay if no one comes forward at the altar call. It's okay if no one is baptized for 15 years in your church. It's okay. Let's not make people liars when we come back and create a stupid religion. Listen, man, I want to be a guy that's a successful pastor. Okay? Having a successful church. I want you to be successful as we come together as a body of Christ. But let's not let the world dictate what success is. 
When we come together, dear God, I want us to keep the promise that we made of saying, Jesus, I will follow you. And if you're an unbeliever watching this, I'm telling you, man, watch out before you make a commitment. This is one of the greatest challenges and the greatest you know, decisions that you'll ever make. And it's worth it. It's so much worth it to carry the cross and follow Jesus than to, to be depressed with the world than to try and fulfill your joys in every other way, than to try to be distracted with, with Netflix and Xbox and Hulu and movies. It's all meaningless and worthless. It's so beautiful to carry the cross, but I'll warn you, it's a lonely life. It's a life of constant struggle and fight. God created you and me with a desire to fight. Do you know that? That's why we love trying to finish missions on video games. That's why, ladies, you love your garden and you go there and you're trying to, it's like, oh, challenge accepted. I will pull all the weeds out and I'll make this place looking good. I'll whip it out good. Dude, you love a challenge, man. And the challenge from God is pick up your cross daily and follow me. But don't do it if you're a wimp. Don't do it if you're going to be a wuss when persecution comes. Don't do it. I like how it says in the book of Joshua, chapter 21, verse 45. Please listen to this very carefully. Not one word of all the good promises that the Lord had made to the house of Israel had failed. All came to pass. Not one word. All of them came to pass. God made promises and he kept each and every one of them. And now he requires that of you. Again, please don't water this down. This is not talking about your marriages. This is not talking about your finances. This is not talking about your stupid diet plan or your workout. Cliche bull. He's talking about the commitment that you made to follow him. Keep your vow in full. Fight temptation because you have to carry the cross. Don't back off, man. Hey, I want to talk to those of you that made a commitment of saying, I will follow Jesus, I will serve him. You said, man, God's called me to minister, I'm going to serve him. Where are you? You backed off. Why? It got hard. I got a better job offer. God looks at you and says, what a fool. I blessed you, I called you, I gave you the talents. Where are you? You walked away. God kept all his promises. Are you? You got, you got in a relationship and you forgot the calling of God. Life got hard so you walked away. You didn't like your pastor and so you quit your ministry. Fine, hate your pastor all you want, man. Hate the church that you are and it's fine. Don't quit carrying your cross. That's all the time we have for today, but we would like to hear from you. Our address is P.O. Box 2014 Eagle, Idaho 83616. You can also listen to this message and more on the Living Church Boise app, available in your app store.